Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show, the phone number 877-973-7425. All right, let me fix this. My, you know, for our podcast, if you want the podcast, you can text the word show to 33777 and we break it up by hour. So you can, you can listen to all three um, hours or just the hour you want based on the information. Uh, and I got to give each hour a title that conforms to the news I've talked about or, or Charlie gets snippy with me. Really, he gets snippy with me. Uh, but nonetheless, what I was going to talk about this hour or last hour, I got to talk about this hour. I had to talk about the, the um, Bruin case last hour. And so this hour, I got to talk about all the other fun stuff. <laughs> I got to play for you some audio. Now, do you all remember Joe Cunningham? Um, Joe Cunningham, not not the extraordinarily gifted radio personality from South Louisiana. Uh, no, no, Joe Cunningham, uh, the South Carolina con- former congressman. Remember, what is it, Katie Arrington? She beat Mark Sanford in a primary representing the Charleston area. And then she lost to Joe Cunningham. She just lost again. Uh, Nancy Mace won in 2020, and Arrington challenged her and lost. Mace will get reelected. Joe Cunningham was the moderate Democrat. He's a liberal. He's just not a wackadoo liberal. Um, uh, Joe Cunningham on television talking about Joe Biden. Joe Cunningham is now running for governor of South Carolina. Your video was a little more clear than the answer you just gave me. You think Joe Biden is too old to run for re-election. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think we need to have a new generation of leadership emerge. And this isn't, you know, as the video said, uh, judges in South Carolina have to retire at age 72. Uh, Democrats have a very deep bench, and it's time to allow a new generation to emerge and new talent. And, you know, President Biden told us himself that he was just a bridge. We're all in a car driving across that bridge, and it's time to have, to have the discussion as to what's on the other side of that bridge and what's the future look like. Uh, because I think we need to have a, a you know, new vision, new leadership. And, you know, this isn't about personal about Biden, but he'll be 82 at the time of the next election. If he served out, served out a second term, he'd be 86 years old. Um, I'm not sure if any of us know of any 86-year-olds who should be running the entire country. Oh, he went there. He went there. This is from Reuters. U.S. President Joe Biden's public approval rating fell for a fourth straight week to 36%, matching its lowest level last seen in May, according to a Reuters-Ipsos poll. The president's approval rating has stayed below 50% since August, a warning sign that his Democratic Party could lose control of at least one chamber of the U.S. Congress in the November 8th midterm elections. 34% of Americans say the economy is the most important issue currently facing the United States. Biden has been plagued by 40-year highs in inflation, with Russia's invasion of Ukraine restricting global fuel supply and supply chains still constrained by the COVID-19 pandemic. Among his own party, Biden's approval rating remains at uh, 73%. In August, it was 85%. But among Republicans... His support has slipped to seven from 11. Only 18% of Americans, all Americans, think the country's headed in the right direction. Biden's approval rating is approaching the lowest level seen by Donald Trump, 
who had a 33% approval rating in December 2017, according to Reuters. The problem here is that, one, this is just an online poll. But, two, the real problem here is that the Reuters poll has trended more favorably for Biden until now, and now it's in the tank along with everyone else. The Quinnipiac poll has Joe Biden at 35%. Joe Biden is now at his all-time high for disapproval in the Real Clear Politics polling average. Joe Biden's disapproval is 56.1%. For perspective, the highest approval rating Joe Biden has ever gotten in the Real Clear Politics approval uh, was 55.8%. Well, let's see here. Yeah, 55.8% was the highest approval Joe Biden has ever gotten in the Real Clear Politics polling average. And he has now exceeded that with disapproval. There are some things happening here you need to be aware of. I was on CNN last night on Aaron Burnett's program. There's a lot about Donald Trump. Uh, the whole first half hour was about Donald Trump. But when it came to me and talking about the future, it was Trump versus DeSantis. It got me thinking. As of today, Joe Biden, Biden's highest disapproval rating in the nuclear politics polling average exceeds the highest approval rating he's ever had. The highest approval rating Joe Biden has ever had was 55.8%. He's at 56.1% disapproval now. He is below 40% on his approval rating, 39.6%. Quinnipiac has him as low as 35%. Quinnipiac is a poll that Democrats like because they think it favors them, and yet it is the least of the polling for Biden. It has the worst performance for Biden. Donald Trump's favorability rating exceeds Joe Biden's, and Joe Biden's exceeds Kamala Harris's. The Democrats are deeply unpopular. You have South Carolina's Democratic gubernatorial nominee, Joe Cunningham, saying Joe Biden should not run for re-election. You have more Democrats starting to say that. Abigail Spanberger, Democratic congresswoman from Virginia, refuses to say if she would support him. He's up to about uh, two dozen Democrats in Congress who won't say if they support his re-election. So you're starting to hear something in the media. And it's a warning sign for how bad this year is. What you're hearing is talk about the Republicans in 2024. If you pay attention to CNN and MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, The New York Times, The Washington Post, USA Today, there are more and more conversations about 2024 and the GOP. The fact that major media outlets are beginning to engage in the issue of 2024 and ignore 2022 tells you that in the New York, D.C. press corridor, they've given up on 2022. They know it's going to be brutal. The only people who still think the Democrats are going to do okay are the Democratic zealots. And I encounter the Democratic zealots all the time. Oh, you're going to be fooled. There's no way when the Dobbs case comes out, Democrats are going to storm the polls. It doesn't matter. Democrats 
because of the press bubble, have begun to believe some myths. One of the myths that Democrats now believe is that if they just mobilize Democratic turnout because there are more of them than there are of the Republicans, they'll win. Problem here is that a lot of the Democrats they will be mobilizing are the coalition of black and Hispanic voters who are trending to the right. In addition, there may be more Democrats than there are Republicans technically in this country, and they can mobilize as many as they want. But there are so many now independent voters in this country that the independent voters outpacing the GOP and the Democrats are leaning about five to one to the GOP, which means even if you get all of the Democrats to turn out, the independents and Republicans are still going to bury them because the Democrats have forgotten how to talk to people who are not Democrats. As Van Jones on CNN pointed out, nobody knows what BIPOC means. Nobody talks about BIPOC. What is it? Black, indigenous people of indigenous people of color, something like that, BIPOC. Nobody talks about AAPIs, Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders. Nobody talks AAPIs and BIPOCs. Nobody talks about Latinx, Latinx, except for the Democrats. The Democrats have forgotten how to talk to everyone else. Right now, the Democrats are blaming Vladimir Putin for everything. He's absolutely to blame for everything. But also, they're focusing on January 6th. And nobody cares about January 6th. In fact... Betsy Swan was on Chuck Todd's program. Listen to this. I don't think it does. I've talked to two separate Democratic members of Congress in the last couple of weeks about January 6th. Obviously can't say who. And, and both of them have said offhandedly, nobody gives a bleep about January 6th when they're talking about their districts and the way that elections play out. Uh, nobody gives a bleep. The bleep was the F word. Um, nobody cares except the Democrats and the media. Listen, there's been some compelling testimony, and we should not dismiss the compelling testimony. In fact, the uh, chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, among others, is being looked at by the FBI. Some people may go to jail for what happened uh, after the election and with January 6th and the Electoral College and all of that. Some people may go to jail. But your average American is far more concerned about inflation and gas prices and grocery prices and the economy than January 6th. It's become a frustration for Democrats where they care so deeply about this. I was on Aaron Burnett's program last night on CNN, and the entire first half hour was coverage of the January 6th committee. And it was interesting in large part because I hadn't heard any of the testimony. Um, I, at this point, I just, I, it, it's not going to matter, so I don't care. I've tuned it out. There was some compelling stuff there, some compelling stories. Republicans are beginning to get frustrated that there are no Republicans there to counter the narrative. They're beginning to find Kevin McCarthy a convenient scapegoat. Donald Trump is privately telling people Kevin McCarthy's an idiot and he's not backing him for leader of the GOP just for re-election. It would be great if Kevin McCarthy was done in on this stuff. But nobody really cares about January 6th. In swing districts around the country, they're hearing about gas prices. And so if you pay attention, if you listen closely, what you're beginning to hear is 
2024, what's Trump going to do to disrupt the GOP? Is Trump and DeSantis, are they going to fight? Are Trump and DeSantis going to come to blows and give the Democrats a clear path forward? This Democrat I was on with on CNN last night actually said that the Republicans are going to be more fractured because Donald Trump is a bull in a China shop, and maybe she's right. But, you know, I don't actually think Joe Biden's going to run again, or if he tries, he's going to be challenged. He's probably the only person who can keep that party together, just like he was in 2020, and no one's going to give it to Kamala Harris. She's the most unpopular Democrat in the country right now. She is more unpopular than Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris is. Pete Buttigieg is not going to give it to her. And a Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg ticket, if they had a unity ticket like that, would be an out-of-touch disaster for the Democrats that only the New York, D.C. press corridor and California coastal elite would like. The Democrats have a lot of problems. The fact that the media wants to focus on Republican problems in 2024 tells you just how bad it is and also tells you 2022 at this point is baked into the equation. The only thing that Democrats could have happen to them is Republicans not show up. And I get emails all the time from people saying, oh, my gosh, stop it. Stop talking about this. Stop talking about how good it is because people aren't going to show up. You're going to suppress the voters. They're not going to turn out. No, 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 no. What you don't understand is that people are so furious People are so angry. People are so enraged about the problems of this country. They are showing up, and they're showing up in mass numbers. They're showing up already in primaries and presidential-level numbers. They are going to the polls to burn the Democratic Party to the ground for blaming Vladimir Putin for the problems the Democrats themselves have caused. Hell is coming. And it turns out the devil's a Republican, just like the Democrats have always said, and they're about to meet him. (laughs) it's going to be so bad for them in November. I'm a longtime customer of Bowling Branch. I love their sheets. I sleep very comfortably, very coolly underneath them. I don't like to get hot when I sleep. They're very, very breathable. They're very, very soft, and they get softer with every wash as well. Bowling Branch sheets, they're not just buttery, breathably, and possibly comfortable and softer with every wash. You don't even have to worry about the thread count there because they use the best threads possible, and you can tell by the quality of the sheets. I highly recommend you get some. My wife and I, you know, she heard the ads on other shows. She doesn't listen to my podcast, and she wanted them, and then we got some, and we've fallen in love with them. We've got them on a lot of the beds in our house. They use the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. They're so luxurious. They're beloved by three American presidents, and they got over 10,000 reviews all of which are fantastic reviews. And right now you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Y'all, you can get the show notes. You can see the screenshot of Alito's uh, concurrence. You can get all the, the details on the Supreme Court case, all of the links for the show. If you subscribe to the show notes, just text DATA to 33777 and follow that link. Um, You can subscribe. Uh, If you do the paid subscription, you get the show notes. It's only seven bucks a month. You get all the show notes, all the the links to all the stuff I'm talking about. You can do a free subscription as well and get the morning pieces and a few other things we do, but you get all the good stuff, just seven bucks a month. Uh, text data to three, three, seven, seven, seven. I real quick. So I sent out a recipe yesterday and it is what I'm making this weekend. It is, you know what focaccia is? Focaccia is kind of like deep dish pizza. It's it's a Italian flatbread, but it's got yeast in it. So it rises a little bit. It's very light and fluffy, but very crisp on the bottom. 
um, because of the olive oil and the temperature of the oven, you, you smear a little um, crushed tomato on top. You put some bacon on it. And I've gotten a ton of people email and say, why didn't you put a picture in? I want to see what this looks like. It got eaten before I could take a picture. I, I, I will take a picture when I make it again and send it to you. But it was got eaten while it was still hot in the pan uh, so quick by everybody when I made it the first time that I just I, I, I didn't even think I could get a picture. didn't have time to get a picture. Um, but I will, I will, I'll, I'll work on this for you. I'll get you a picture of it. I'll make some for you. Uh, may, may put something together tonight for you and, and send out a picture. Um, but I, you know, I, I had to put grams in because it's, it's, it's bread baking and I'm very strong believer. You have to get a scale and you have to put in grams, uh, trying to tell you to do cups and stuff. It comes out different. Every time you use grams, it comes out the same way. Every time it's chemistry. Uh, and I love chemistry. Now I got to move on. I got to say something here. Um, I'm going to make this short so Philip can put it on Instagram. You should follow me on Instagram, by the way, at E.W. Erickson. There are a lot of progressives today screaming about conservative inconsistency. Why do you think that this gun case is good, that states can't uh, control their own gun laws, and yet you think states should be able to decide abortion? Why do you like the one and not the other? There is a very simple answer. One is in the Constitution and one is not in the Constitution. The Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, is in the American Constitution, in the Bill of Rights. It's, in fact, number two in the Bill of Rights. As Dave Chappelle says, it's the Second Amendment in case the First Amendment doesn't work. You can't find an abortion right anywhere in the American Constitution. It is not there. You cannot find it. One of my biggest complaints about the abortion right is that Roe v. Wade was really the case where the Supreme Court began to detach the American people from their body of law. You cannot read the American Constitution and find an abortion right. And our country was founded on the idea that we were a country of the people, for the people, and by the people, that you should be able to read and generally understand the law yourself, that you may not understand all of the nuances and you may not understand where everything means, but the judges should be able to say, it's right here. It's the second clause of the, of the third, of the eighth section of the first article of the Constitution. You can't do that with abortion. With abortion, it is uh, divinely derived by seven men in black robes in the 1970s. You can't find it. It's not there. You can't find it in the history of the country. You can't find it in uh, the historic documents of the founders. You can't find it as supported by the historic jurisprudence of the country. It's just not there. It's not there in the history of the country. It's not there in the legacy of American jurisprudence. It's not there in the plain text. It's not there in the implied text of the Constitution. It's just something conjured by seven men in the 1970s so that men can escape responsibility and women can go live their best life now without any responsibility. It's not there. The Second Amendment is explicitly in the Constitution. And that's why conservatives like the Heller case and the Bruin case and why they're going to like the Dobbs case. It corrects a constitutional imbalance.
There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, You can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, they've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi, y'all. I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member Finris. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I need to apologize in advance for what I am about to do. I don't like doing this, but I must do this. I have to play audio from Elizabeth Warren, my apologies. So keep in mind that even conservative economists say, no, maybe, maybe it could be about two-tenths of 1% effect on inflation. There's just no evidence that canceling student loan debt contributes to inflation. But here's what it does. It relieves the burden of payment for a lot of working families. Keep in mind that only 58% of the people who have student loan debt actually have a college diploma. That remaining 42% tried, and God bless them, but pregnancy, they were trying to work three jobs and couldn't hold it all together. They now earn like a high school graduate earns, but they are trying to manage student loan debt, and it is crushing them, canceling $50,000 of student loan debt would be a huge relief for tens of millions of working people. Um, Elizabeth Warren is still on this, that canceling these loans wouldn't affect a lot of people, except uh, actually a lot of economists say it, it would cause inflation. We're spending too much money. But hang on. There's some more Elizabeth Warren here. Look, I'm I'm deeply, deeply sympathetic to the fact that families are paying a lot at the pump. But I always remind myself on this, that the last time that a barrel of oil cost what it costs right now, that gasoline itself was about $1.50 cheaper at the pump. So a big part of this is about concentration in the oil industry and price gouging. And one last one. So I asked Chair Powell, will it lower the cost of gasoline? And he said, no. 
I said, will it lower the cost of groceries? And he said, no. In fact, what he said is that it will, in effect, cause less investment in jobs and factories and put more people out of work and have more people with their hours cut. You know, what that really means is it will make a lot of people poorer and that that is the tool that he has available to try to deal with inflation. Inflation is a lot like an illness. You've got to make sure that you've got the right medicine. And right now, with the kind of inflation we're seeing, um, raising interest rates is not going to cause Vladimir Putin to turn his tanks around and suddenly restart the flow of oil from Russia around the world. It's, it's not going to keep these giant corporations from price gouging. Now, there are a couple of things to note in these, these three bits from Elizabeth Warren. One is she really does want to forgive student loans, which is for rich white people. It's not for blue-collar people, for the people who didn't go to college. It's for rich white people. That's what she wants. She is a rich white woman from Massachusetts. Uh, the Karens of the world want to protect the Karens of the world. The, the second is uh, I, she doesn't really know what to do with inflation, how to fight inflation. She doesn't seem to have a clue. She bought into modern monetary theory. And modern monetary theory solution for fighting inflation is tax increases on the rich. That's it. That's how they want to fight it. That's all she wants to do is raise taxes on the rich. She wants to claim price gouging by oil companies, which isn't isn't really happening right now. They're actually not making a profit. But there's something else here I need you to note about Elizabeth Warren. Whether you like Elizabeth Warren or not, and I'm not a fan Elizabeth Warren at least expresses some level of concern for people in need and people with their economic situation right now. There are a lot of people out there right now on the left, in the opinion industry and the like, who are not happy with people complaining about the economy. There are a lot of people out there right now in the economy who are hurting, but because they're middle-class or upper income, the, the media itself is condemning them for daring to not be happy with their circumstances. And that, I think, is the thing that most people need to understand and appreciate right now is that the tone deafness of the left on the economy at this moment uh, is to tell you if you are upset with the current economy, suck it up because you're actually doing okay. You, you don't believe me? I want to play you some audio. This is, this is from MSNBC. Where we are right now? You know, I'm just going to say this, and, and, and if I get banged for it, I don't care. There, are, there is a great deal of Americans where it is uncomfortable that they're spending more, but they are not going to go under. You know, you've you got to stop complaining 
when there's so many people who literally the inflation rate means they may only have two meals instead of three. There are Americans who did extremely well in the last two years in the market. You still have your job. And yeah, it's costing you more for gas. But guess what? You're still going to take that holiday, that 4th of July vacation. You could still eat out. So I'm going to need you to calm down and back off because it feeds into this fear, and then this fear feeds into people making decisions that creates the very thing that they're fearful of. Really? You, you got that? Uh, you're, you're doing fine, so stop complaining. Here's another one. This is from Allison Schrager, Bloomberg Opinion columnist. Believe it or not, we live in the best of times. It's been a crazy few decades with a pandemic, rising inequality, slowing growth and productivity, and major changes in the economy. But generally, most people experienced huge gains in living standards. We shudder to think what life was like in the 80s or 90s when air conditioning was a luxury. So were dishwashers. People had to defrost their freezers. We were tied to landlines and homes had only one or two televisions and they weren't even flat screens. The smartphone may not be the game changer that indoor plumbing was, but just stop and count all the ways it smoothed out the kinks of your daily struggle. In the same way, the first waves of industrialization made consumer goods like clothing and housewares cheaper and more accessible. The tech boom made services that were once luxuries like car services and digital butlers widely available. It's indisputable. Our standards of living are remarkably higher than they used to be. Now, here's the bad news. We've basically been living a free lunch and it's about to end. And that means a drop in our living standards for the next few years. And largely, she recounts Derek Thompson. I, I, I told you about his piece in The Atlantic the other day, uh, that essentially these tech companies that have been driving you around and delivering food to you and groceries to you have been doing so at a loss and the good times are over. And yes, that's true. But uh, the number of columnists out there, particularly who lean left, who are now taking the position of, well, uh, your life is still good. Suck it up and stop complaining. Aren't you glad the Republicans aren't in charge? I don't know that this works for people. I, I, I don't know that it's a good idea. At least whether you like her or not or agree with her or not, at least Elizabeth Warren is willing to say she's very sorry and she's sympathetic, and everyone is feeling this economy in a negative way, whether they are rich or poor, and then she will say she's more concerned with the poor than the well-off, but she understands everyone, regardless of income, is feeling the economy. At least she is willing to acknowledge that when major Democratic pundits and economists on television are like, oh, screw you, people. You got it better off than you did 100 years ago. You should stop your complaining. You're still fine. I just don't think that's a wise approach that they are taking. I just don't think that they should, but, but the Democratic Party, again, the fatal flaw, I'm having to adjust myself so I can get to camera eye level so I can say this and look directly into my camera so Philip has a, something to put up on the internet. 
The fatal flaw of the Democratic Party in the 21st century is that they have forgotten how to talk to people who are not Democrats. In addition, Democrats are far less likely to understand the concerns and arguments of everyone else than everyone else is of the Democrats. If you talk to a conservative, a conservative can make a good faith argument explaining Democratic concerns on issues from abortion to taxes. Democrats can't do that about Republicans. They're incapable. They don't understand and they don't relate. They can't do it anymore about the middle class, nor can they do it about independent voters. Democrats have lost the ability to empathize. They've lost the ability to sympathize. They've lost the ability to understand, and they've lost the ability to relate. This is having cascading fallout for them when it comes to dealing with the economy and saying tone-deaf things like, oh, you may think it's bad, but you've actually got it good, to dealing with the election where they're so obsessed with January 6th, they're not dealing with anything that matters to the public. And when you point that out, they scream at you that you must be a fascist for not caring about January 6th. Democrats have absolutely, utterly lost the ability to relate to everyone who are not Democrats. And increasingly, the Democrats are a group of college-educated white women. And they can't relate to anyone who aren't college-educated white women. And college-educated white women tend to be the smuggest people on planet Earth. No offense to college-educated white women, but you know it's true. College-educated white women who don't have kids or family, particularly single college-educated white women who are in their 30s and 40s, they tend to be the smuggest people on planet Earth. And they tend to be the people financing the Democratic Party. And they tend to be the people setting the policies for the Democratic Party. And as a result of all of that, they tend to be the people who want you to know that even though life sucks for you right now and gas prices are high and you can't make ends meet, well, aren't you glad it's not 100 years ago? Suck it up and thank Joe Biden. At least the Republicans aren't in charge. You know, there were a lot of people who remember Republicans being in charge. It was only four years ago the Republicans controlled all of Washington. And they didn't have inflation, and they didn't have high gas prices, and they had groceries on the store shelves, they had jobs, they had a pretty good run of it. And all of that has gone away with Democrats in charge of everything. People remember this. It's one thing for Democrats to make the argument about things people don't remember. But that was just four years ago when the Republicans controlled all of Washington and none of these problems existed pre-COVID. And you can blame COVID, but Joe Biden promised to get us out of COVID. So if these are the problems caused by COVID, Joe Biden promises to get us out of that. And he clearly has failed. There's going to be hell to pay because of it. Democrats will win again when they remember how to talk to and understand and be sympathetic and empathetic to people who are not them. And right now they can't do that because they've decided those people are the enemy. What they probably need to do is get in their bubble and plug in an Eden Pure Thunderstorm and clean the air. Just start over. Just just get fresh air in there. You know, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it eliminates odors. It eliminates the odors of the, the hippies in the Democratic bubble. It eliminates the smoky odors and the pet odors of, well, when they've had the furry convention within the Democratic Party. It, it takes care of all of this stuff. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm works. It eliminates odors. It doesn't mask them. It eliminates them. So you can get three of them. 
one for the Democratic Party, one for the Republican Party, one for the okay, maybe all three for the Libertarian Party, or your upstairs, your downstairs, your RV, your rental car, or like me, keep one in your suitcase. You get three of them for less than $200. You save $200, and you get free shipping. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. I had somebody call the other day and said, I went to EdenPure.com, and I couldn't find the discount. That's because you went to the wrong website. EdenPureDeals.com. You will be greeted by a discount code box, and you put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You click it, and you'll go through to the Eden Pure 3 pack for the thunderstorm. You get three of them, less than $200. You save $200. You get free shipping. You get them home. You eliminate the dust and the pollen and the mold that floats in the air. You also eliminate odors, and they're filterless. You just wipe them out on occasion. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code ERIC3. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you wish to be on this program, let me ask your, let me get you to ask yourself a question. There's an organization, it's called Honor Health. Uh, Honor Health, it looks to be an insurance and health company. Um, let me ask you a question. Why, why do you think this organization would send out an email to employees in announcing they're going to allow 12 to 17 year olds to create their own medical information accounts and deny parents the ability to access them why would a healthcare organization allow a 12 year old to create a health account where parents uh, are not allowed to check on their health this is the this is the the email on Honor Health beginning June 23rd you'll see the following changes adolescents age 12 to 17 will be able to create their own MyChart account limited proxy as- access for adolescent accounts will be available all patients will be able to grant and revoke access within the program MyChart all other proxy asset as- access requests will continue to require completion of a form. There seems to be this real incentive among the medical elite and the academic elite in this country to allow kids at a young age to transition and in so doing, hide it from their parents. That doesn't seem to be good or healthy. We're giving, making parents have all the responsibility for raising kids uh, and none of the rights that parents should have in raising their kids. But more than that, the Biden administration today is announcing new revised regulations for Title IX and will place into Title IX uh, transgender athletes and will tell schools that it is a legitimate grounds for a sexual harassment complaint against a student if they refuse to call a transgender athlete by that athlete's preferred pronoun. This is a cult. This is a, it, it's an insanity cult. And it affects upper income white people more than anyone else. 
There's a story, um, uh, Paul and Rebecca Sinclair, they sent their kids to Marin County Day School north of Lake Tahoe, and their children were booted out of the school because the parents did not agree with gender-affirming care. In other words, they didn't agree with um, agree with sex change operations for kids. They were booted out. Uh, this is this is a cult, and you're not allowed to question it. Very much like in a cult, and the amount of harm we're doing to kids is truly unbelievable. As we see this playing out across the American landscape, this is not a good thing.